Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back. CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, leaky black. The Ion College Basketball Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel, please also knock that out while you're here. Let's get into it. Another busy weekend of college basketball is on tap. Big games in every league. We'll talk about the SEC here in a second, but uh, we have to start with our buddy John Fanta, who has been one of our favorite uh, people for a while now, but he took it to another level last night, CBS Sports Network. He's on the call for Campbell's 78-68 win over Elon, as you know, Campbell. They're all fighting Camels. Here's how John Fanta spent... The, the final few seconds of his call. If you have it, Nada. I have a feeling on the Ion College Basketball Podcast tomorrow, Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish will talk about the fighting camels of Campbell. A really impressive performance. If that high quality audio is courtesy of yours truly who who yeah, great it job. I, listen great job. i had it on youtube tv i didn't i don't know how you can snag something off if someone can indicate to me how if i, I got a hey i got a suggestion how about before we learn how to do that let's don't <laughs> well shouts to john fanta for sure for getting it in at the end of the show and Giving us the Twitter shout out before Fanta calling a game. I bet you didn't even know what Bowie's Creek was until yesterday, did you? Oh, man, I grew up in Bowie's Creek. What you, you talking about? You think I never drained my lizard in Bowie's Creek? Okay. What does oh, that even mean? It's a what, Friday show. Folks. What does that even mean when people say they had to drain their lizard? Did you grow up in? Did you grow up in the Northeast? Did Did, did anybody oh. ever? Did anybody ever have to step away from the group because because they had to quote drain their lizard? No, if you really want, if you want the answer to that, uh, some, not all folks would say they got to go shake a sock. <laughs> shake a sock? Shake a sock, yes. Shake a sock. We're talking about peeing right now. It's Friday morning. 
914 Eastern. And John Fanta, we appreciate you. We appreciate the shout out both on Twitter and then obviously on the CBS Sports Network broadcast. Campbell fighting. Cam- sometimes talk about it. Sometimes they got a win over Elon on their home floor there. And I did not realize how big that camel statue is out in front of that building, by the way. That's humongous camel. I bet you a camel sure could shake a sock, if you know what I mean. I don't, actually, when it comes to that. But I just bet. I'd bet on it. I'd bet on it as well. Congrats to the camels, the fighting camels. Fanta, we appreciate you. You're a mensch. Fanta, you're the best. You're the best. You you always have a place in our heart. Let's turn our attention to the SEC where you might have heard Alabama beat Auburn the other night to improve to 5-1 and one in the league. So we got uh, a first-place tie in the SEC. Alabama's 5-1. and one, Auburn's 5-1. and one, uh, Tied for first. Top the league standings. After that, it's Tennessee at 4-1. and one, Then Kentucky, South Carolina, and Georgia at 4-2. and two. Dead leg, remind me who you picked in the SEC in the preseason. I know it wasn't Arkansas, and congrats on that. And then tell me, would you change your pick right now? Well, I would change my pick. Do you genuinely not remember? I think it was Texas A&M. It was Texas A&M. Yeah. Texas A&M. Let's do a little drive-by right here with Buzz Williams' team. Uh, they're 3-3 three and three in the conference, 42nd at Ken Palm, 12-7 and seven in overall, 3-1-3 three, three of the past four. The one loss was at Arkansas. I would obviously change my pick. Um SEC right now ranks third in uh, in power conference strength overall. Big 12, obviously, is, of course, number one. Big East sits there at number two. And then you've got the SEC, which is good at the top. we got some weirdness down at the bottom, but we're not going to talk about those teams because they're not that good. Um, right now, I'd lean, I'd lean Tennessee. Um, and I think you're probably going to agree with me. The, here, and here's why the case is here's why I can't make the case for any of the others. Auburn 16 and 3, 5 and 1 to tie to top the league standings, obviously, with Bama, as you mentioned. Uh, just super weird that they are 16 and 3 in a top three conference and are going into the final week of January and don't have a quad one win. Mm-hmm. Just bizarre stuff. Good team, unquestionably, and working its way to a comfortable tournament seed. Gonna have to be a quad one opponent eventually here, Bruce Pearl's team. I'm just not gonna take them to win the league because of that. Bama, 13 and six, also five and one, still rates, rates as a top 10 team in multiple predictive metrics. Um, offense is really, really good. It has lost against a lot of high end teams. It finally, by way of beating an Auburn team that does not have a quad one win, finally got its first win over a top 10 level team. Um, really, you can even expand it beyond that from a metric standpoint. It was it's it was Bama's first win over a top 25 team this season, and they got it at home uh, in a tightly contested matchup. And then Kentucky, defensive issues obviously are major. Uh, Tennessee just much more reliable there while also having a fairly respectable offense this season. So those are your top four in whatever order you want to organize them. Um, Tennessee, Bama, Auburn, Kentucky. I would lean Tennessee right now, but we are... We are at a point here where it's those four. You can, if you really want to draw the line and say, actually, Kentucky's a notch below because of the defense. I think you have a case, uh, and then there's a significant drop off in the conference there, and then you get into who's going to wind up emerging and and be, like South Carolina record wise, it's there. 
Uh, Efficiency-wise, it's not, but it's probably there. You've got Florida that's in that conversation. Maybe A&M can pick up the slack. Mississippi State, those are your teams after that. Uh, And then Ole Miss as well because it's got a gaudy record, but its metrics aren't great. Those are the teams that are going to be vying to get into the tournament. Eventually, you know, you might see two of those teams break through. So in the top 25 and one, I've got Tennessee at number four. Let me see what happened after Arizona lost last night. Yeah, I've got Auburn up to number 10. I've got Kentucky at 19, Alabama at 25, and I've got South Carolina at 26. And you're right, the efficiency numbers aren't good. The computer numbers, broadly speaking, aren't good, although the strength of record what do you think uh, South Carolina's strength of record is right now? Because uh, of the records, it's probably, I'm going to say South Carolina is probably like top, I'll say top 15 in strength of record. If it's not, it would surprise me. We're going to put that down as an incorrect answer. Not South top Carolina, 15. 16. Okay, there we go. 16. But if you just do blind resume on South Carolina, two and two in quadrant one, they're four and oh in quadrant two, so that would make them six and two. In the first two quadrants, four games above 500 in the first two quadrants with one quadrant three uh, loss. That that's that's borderline top 25 and one ish. I've got them in there at this point. I'm just going to respect. I mean, it's January 26th. At some point, I'm just going to respect the resume and what you're doing in quad one and what you're doing in quad two. South Carolina's uh, solid. I, I I do stop short. I think of putting them in the top tier of the SEC. But I do think that's a, a legitimate top 30-ish team. I've got them in the top 25 and 1 right now. Hey, trivia time. You mentioned trivia. Auburn has zero quadrant 1 wins. Who leads the SEC in quadrant 1 wins? Who has more uh, than anybody else? Hmm, Feels a little tricky. Uh, it's not. If it's... I'll give you the answer. I'm just going to talk it out loud here. If it's Bama, that will stun me. Uh I'm going to say, and Kentucky's got, I'm going to say Tennessee, but it doesn't feel like it's one of those four. Tennessee has three quadrant one wins. That is not leading the SEC. At this time yesterday, it was actually Texas A&M with four. Look at that. But something changed over the night, I just noticed. That that nettle that nettle fluctuate on you. That net will fluctuate that's, on you. Yeah, that's just, the thing about arbitrary cutoffs and uh, just, why the, why quad one, quad two wins as a reminder to our audience. While they, they are a compass, they are far from flawless. Because uh, when you have arbitrary cutoffs and they can just flip like that overnight, not the absolute best system. Now, I was talking to my buddy uh, Ian Furnace last night. Um, he's a Washington State guy, uh, does TV and radio in Seattle. And like I think Washington State, was it beat Utah? And Utah was like 29th in the net. So it was a quad one win. But when it updated the next morning, Utah dropped outside of the top 30 of the net. So it was actually quad two. At the time you got it, it was quad one. By the time you woke up the next morning, it was a quad two. Something happened overnight. Alabama does now have four quadrant one wins as well. (laughs) So it's Alabama and Texas A&M leading the SEC in quadrant one wins. I would go with Tennessee to win the league. I think that's the the best team in the league right now. They're three and four in quadrant one, five and oh in quadrant two. So eight and four in the first two quadrants. All four losses are in quadrant one. Wins over Wisconsin, Illinois, Alabama. Um, all four losses, not only in quadrant one, but to teams in the top 45 of of the net. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I would lean toward con- future SEC champ, but I'm not ruling out Alabama or Auburn 
Um, those computer numbers are hard to ignore because even if the resume doesn't suggest what the computer numbers are suggesting, the computer numbers are suggesting like national championship contender. Yeah, I got two more for you here. One, we did a dribble handoff this week on just projecting out uh, Kentucky's rest of the season. We did this one a year ago. Shouts to KB, Kyle Boone, who in retrospect, I went back and looked. He almost nailed it perfectly in terms of conference record, overall record, and how they'd fare in the tournament. Uh, this year, I actually have Kentucky only losing four more league games. So I have them uh, right now. UK is four and two. I have them going 12 and six in the conference. Uh, I actually think the schedule sets up for them relatively favorably. I just don't think that 12 and six is going to win the SEC. I think the winner of that league is coming out with five or fewer victories. Kentucky could actually maybe, maybe, but like it can't lose on Saturday, that kind of thing. Maybe get out of there with five if it can fix its defensive issues. Just keep an eye there. And then obviously there's a, there's a couple intriguing SEC games. We'll get to that later in the show. What, what, what Kentucky is starting to strike me as is the type of team that they're going to lose a game here or there that make you go, why are they losing that game? And then they're going to get in the tournament and they're going to be dangerous regardless of what seed they are. You remember the team that beat Fred Van Vliet and Ron Baker in this round of 32, I believe it was in St. Louis as an eight C Wichita state was a one and Kentucky got an eight. And then you got into this situation where I think it was like undefeated Wichita state against eight C Kentucky, but man, Kentucky had the better players. And that was going to be pretty clear from the jump. I think this is going to be one of those deals. I don't think Kentucky is going to get an eight seed, but I could see something like a four or a five seed rather than a one or a two. And you look at that team going into the NCAA tournament, you go, if you're trying to find a four or a five seed that can make the final four, it might be John Calipari's team. Cause I still think they have a lot of questions but they have more excellent basketball players, more super talented basketball players than anybody else. That might not be enough to win a national championship or even go to a final four, but I still think that's true. Uh, It is. They're a team with a lot of potential, but you know what, GP, there's another team that seemingly had a lot of potential. And I think we got to get to it because well, after you and I went to bed on a channel, neither you and I get in our televisions. There was a, notable result that went down late, late into the wee hours of Thursday night. We'll talk about it next, but first a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. First, let's let's, let's set the record straight. Yeah. You might have been asleep last night, but as a man who now stays up till 5 in the morning on Tuesdays and Wednesdays every week... Mm -hmm. Even though I was back home last night. Five in the morning, huh? Five in the morning on Tuesday. It feels like you need to be a little bit more efficient with your workflow there. Five o'clock Eastern 
That is outrageous, man. I, I get at a studio and I go back and I start prepping for uh, other shows, doing the top 25 and one, and I watch the Australian Open. That's going to get you right. It's going to reel you in every single time. Well, you know what? It's not on it's not on the docket here, but if uh, if in the third block you want to get into uh, <laughs> what's going on down under. Yeah, I'm very disappointed. Really inform me. Are we at the semifinal stage? Where are we in this tournament? Oh, yeah, we well, we're we're at the final stage now. We had yeah. men's semifinals last night. Yeah. Uh, shouts to Medvedev. But uh, D- Novak Djokovic, he he was he was upset. He couldn't he, handle oh, he, his. Was business. he really? Oh, yeah. Missed it. All right. He had his long winning streak at the Australian Open. It was snapped down in Melbourne. And that Coco Golf, I tell you, I couldn't be more disappointed in her. <laughs> you want to just keep firing off these tennis takes? I just could. I couldn't be more disappointed in who's her. The, who's the Coco Golf of college hoops? Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> Here's my point. No, I didn't see it. It was on the Pac-12 network. Of course, I didn't see it. But was I following it in real time? Was I watching Inside College Basketball over and over again as they had to keep doing redoing the A block because that game was running late? Oh, you were following along because you knew what was going on? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I watched them do that A block like three times last night. Oh, my gosh. And you've been there, but you weren't there last Oh, time. yeah. No, man. There ain't nothing worse than when you got to sit around and do the A block three different times because the game won't end. <laughs> Uh, I believe buddy Seth Davis uh, was in studio and, uh, yes. and lived through that. Um, I do love that you've become an Australian Open expert. That's yeah. going in the no context preview. No question about that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm actually a, I'm a tennis guy for sure. I love me some tennis, but I'm not, I'm not checking in at three in the morning. Cause it's not going to happen there. Arizona. The, the, seriously, the Coco golf match the other yeah. night. Yeah. I was like so fired up for it. Like I really got into it and I was like, I looked at the clock at one point and I was like, I can't do keep watching this. This is outrageous. I have to do a show in like four hours, <laughs> but I was into it. It was a blast. I I love the Australian Open. I'm just tired. Oh man. Shouts to Sam Vecini, by the way. Yeah. An Aussie resident now. Although I don't know if you, if you pronounced uh, Melbourne correctly, but uh, we'll, we'll, I did we'll, the best I could. We'll move, we'll, at least it's not growing. Right. We'll move on from that. Arizona. Let's just play the Arizona lost. At the buzzer to Beaver Fever, I believe Nada has the video already. Nada, play how too too slow. They wasted five seconds. Jordan Pope for the win. Oh, oh! If you if you listened, so if you're listening to the show, just hit that tap back 15 second once or twice and listen to the winner. I don't know if I've ever heard a call on a game winner sound like that before. Well, the, the announcers were really frustrated with him. Too slow. He wasted five seconds. What's he even doing? And they were like, oh, <laughs> they were real oh. upset with the way yeah, this was just, unfolding I, in the I final. What's going on there? The call. Uh, courtesy of the Pac-12 Network, Jordan Pope with, uh, let's be honest, uh, a terrible shot that went in. It was like a follow. It was like a fadeaway follow a three pointer that goes in. Hey, Oregon State, you take any win anyway. Arizona ditched you to go to the Pac-12. You don't even have a power conference to live in. You know, four and a half months from now, you get the win. Wayne Tinkle going through it, ten and nine, gets above five hundred, just two and six in the league. And Jordan Pope, good on you. 
the story here is Arizona, which has still never lost back-to-back games in Tommy Lloyd's tenure. We'll get to that later in the show when we get to what they're going to do this weekend. But at 14-5 and five, and having losses now, an understandable one against Purdue, an understandable one against FAU that still might be the best game of the, of the season so far, but then a 182 drubbing a month ago at Stanford, a 73-70 loss at Washington State, and now an 83-80 loss at Oregon State. Um, it's just, it's still rating well, but I think we are, we've hit a point here. Go ahead and look up and down in the teams we got that are top 10, top 15 quality. The West Coast is lacking. Uh, we'll get to Gonzaga in a second, but Gonzaga is not Gonzaga that we know. Arizona is now dropping games. This will have an impact in March because, as always, there is a West region and no team is heading toward one seed status, which means you're going to have a team probably out of the Big 12 that winds up getting shipped out West as a one seed there. So just keep an eye on that down the road. Um you know, San Diego State, I don't think can get to a level even if we're to it'd have to like run the table in the Mountain West, and we'll get to the Mountain West in just a second as well. Um, but everybody in the Mountain West is gonna be a six seed. Now I think someone's gonna break I I I hear they're what you're saying. Be six seeds. And then no, well, first they're of all, there's six, gonna be more than four teams six, that can six in, seeds. So <laughs> they can't have six six seeds. They're gonna have six. People the don't Mountain realize six, you gotta six put seeds. eight teams into the tournament, but you also cannot have six six seeds. I don't. I need to yeah. talk to Palm you about go that. Ahead. Yeah, Let you, me talk to Jerry. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I hear where you're coming from, and I respect your opinion. Yeah. But I, I'd I'd rather hear from Jerry you, Palm if you don't mind. You go ahead and you do the math on that. You circle back with Jerry Palm and see how that works out for you. Arizona. I, mean, I respect your opinion. I respect your opinion, but I'd like to hear from Jerry Palm. All right, that's fine. You know, if you need to hear from him, that's fine. Uh, any thoughts on? Arizona getting poked uh, on the road at Beaver Fever on late Thursday night. I love my my buddy got on Pac-12 Network and decided he's gonna be James Harden at, at the buzzer. <laughs> what happened, man? It's exact. And listen, it looks good. Shots terrible. Whatever tie game, you want it? There. No, it looks great because you'll be able to retell that story. Like, oh, listen to him. Too slow. He wasted five seconds, buddy. I knew what I was doing the whole time. Watch this. Exactly. Watch this. Too slow. Watch this. Too slow getting it out of the net. Arizona, like you detailed the losses. Um, they're now one and three in Pac-12 road games, and the lone win is at Cal. Um, as I wrote in the top 25 and one early Friday, they look like the type of team that's going to win the Pac-12 and get a four seed. You know? Mm. Like you don't usually win a power conference and are unable to get a top three seed in the NCAA tournament, but that's that might be where they're they're headed. They've got nice big wins. Um, but they're like six and five in their last 11. It's not just that they're playing well or not so well over the past week. Um, after they got off to a, a really nice start, let me get you the actual numbers on it. After they got off to um, the eight no start, yeah, they're now six and five in their past 11, and they are one and three in Pac 12 road game. They're not, it's not just like last night happened. They haven't been playing well for several weeks now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a problem. Um, I think it's a genuine problem. They're good. They're a good team at home, a lot of potential, but we're just, and this is not the team we've seen the past two seasons in the regular season under Tommy Lloyd. Um, I think Kylan Boswell's dropped off just a little bit. You check in on the stats there and Caleb Love has been good, but uh, still just, you know, 33% from three point range. Umar Balo, not an every game dominant player. 
still good potential. Maybe they're maybe they're headed toward a situation where they are that four seed GP, and then uh, I'm not going to say they're going to pull a 97 to the maximum and go from four from the four line to winning a title. But maybe they become a trendy four seed that uh, that wrecks a bracket, knocks out a one seed. I could see something like that happening. We'll see if they can get it together. We're going to talk about their matchup on Saturday later in the show. Also out west, uh, Gonzaga. Got a good push from San Francisco, but they avoided it. They've beat them like, you know, <laughs> I don't know the exact number here. It was said on the broadcast last night. They have not lost to San Francisco since 2012. Uh, so they won at the kennel. But St. Mary's beats Pacific, and Pacific is terrible. But still, 76 to 28. 28. 76 to 28 from our CBS Sports uh, stat gurus here. St. Mary's has technically held two teams now under 30 points this season. Uh, the the catch caveat with that is that it is not two teams at the Division One level. St. Mary's now 15 and six overall. They their opener against Cal State Senishlas. I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one right there. But they held. They won 107 to 28 to open the season. Not a Division One program. At all. So it kind of counts, but it kind of doesn't. As far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't count. However, the last time a team went uh, in a season, had multiple teams held below uh, 30 D1 opponents. Virginia did it 2014, 2015. St. Mary's has done it at least once. Um, big time when St. Mary's, it's getting its act together, has one loss since December 1st. And this was at the time, St. Mary's was three and five preseason top 25 team. It lost, its loss is not good in that stretch. It's a home loss to Missouri State. But since its most recent loss, which came against uh, you know respectable loss, it came against Boise State, it has a win at Colorado State, one on a neutral over a decent UNLV team, and has won one, two, three, four, five road games, including a game against San Francisco. That is quad one. So St. Mary's putting it together. They play Gonzaga on the road next weekend. I don't know if you have any thoughts or takeaways on that. But well, you, you say a decent UNLV team, and UNLV does have some decent wins this season. Do you see what they did the other night? Yeah, they got absolutely boat raced by Air Force out of nowhere. By 32. Strange. Very strange result. Yeah, It was like it was off the radar. Yeah. We had it. That, the reason I know is because we had it on our air. That was our late game. Yeah. But like. But they were like 10-point favorites over Air Crazy. Force and lost by 32. It was a wild. That was one of the weirder scores of the week. Very, very weird score. Um, let's uh, let's continue to take a tour here. Uh, let's go to Wednesday um, before we get to Actually, you know, let's go Mountain West since you just brought it up there. Uh, New Mexico won at San Jose State. Right. Um, and now because of that, GP, if I'm, if I'm right on this, do we not have a four-way tie in the league standings in the Mountain West as we head into the weekend? I believe that is right. We have a four-way tie in the Mountain West uh, uh, in the win column. So we have four teams that already have five victories. Utah State and Boise State are both five and one in the league. San Diego State and New Mexico are both five and two. Everybody else is at least two games back of that in the win column. So for all intents and purposes – um, yeah, percentage points and all that. But Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State, New Mexico, that's the that's the top of the Mountain West right now. Yeah, and so Colorado State, which was sitting prettiest to start the season, 
It's now dropped three of five games. They've all been on the road. Utah State, Boise State, and Nevada. So they've all been on the road against projected tournament teams. And because of that, we'll see if if Isaiah Stevens, who I still... Uh, Jaden Liddy's having a good year. If you have let me pick one player in the conference, I would pick Isaiah Stevens at Colorado State. We'll see if they can get it back uh, You know, in their favor. The schedule does balance out for them in the back end. Um, but because Colorado State got picked off and Nevada had, was able to win at home earlier this week... They still, it's still a projected six bid league. We'll see if they can hang on to that. Uh, Mountain West continues to be much watch on a daily basis. Uh, from Wednesday, got one Wednesday result, then then two from Thursday. Then we can pick the weekend. Um, Northwestern has two wins this season now at home over top ten teams. Its fourth quad one win came against Illinois. Uh, an intense watch, a great environment at Welsh Ryan Arena. Northwestern is. Uh, really uh, building itself out a, a tournament resume here and doing well for itself. Boo Booey, All-American level. And by that, I don't necessarily mean first-team All-American, although he could get there. But when I say All-American, there are three All-American teams. So first, second, third, you know, top 15 player of value, impact, stats, etc. Boo Booey is unquestionably in that conversation right now. And uh, Chris Collins' team is 5-3 and three in the Big Ten. They've got a home tilt on Saturday night against Ohio State. One of those deals where Ohio State's actually fairly urgent. Like, they're a little bit desperate right now. And uh, Northwestern, can you, can, you, can you just, you know, handle prosperity decently well to, to get that? Because your next two are on the road and you got a return game against Purdue lurking in less than a week there. But... Um, a big time win for the Wildcats on uh, on Wednesday night in Welsh Ryan, overwhelming Illinois and and taking over taking control in the overtime period ninety six ninety one final there, really impressive. Boo booey man, uh, gonna build that dude a statue outside Welsh Ryan eventually, and they should because he is on the short list of best players in the history of that program. I was just joking. I have no data to support this. I'm gonna need to get Jared Burson to look this up. He invented ESPN stats and info. Still owns it. Mm-hmm. Um. Boo Boo is going to re- leave college basketball top 20 all time in final minute highlights. <laughs> it's going to be something like that. Yes, I know. I, I, oh, I, and I have so. an update. I have a, I have an update to our wonderment, by the way. I got to mm-hmm. thank you for reminding me on this. Tim Stahl shouts to you. The question about RJ Davis. Have we ever had a guy who was like the fifth leading scorer and st- stayed on the roster with the, with the former leading scorer over multiple years? We talked about it in the previous show. Yeah, yeah. He's got one for us. He said, to your question about R.J. Davis, Juwan Johnson at Purdue in 2000, 2007, 2008 was seventh on the team in scoring. Uh, and then in 2010, 2011, he was the leading scorer. Etwan Moore was on all of those teams and led the team in scoring the other three seasons. So at the power conference level, we that's have a great. reference. No, that's, I saw, I, that's why I, we love our audience. That's actually really awesome that you, someone was able to figure that out and find that out. I saw that tweet. Um, the fact that we only got one suggested is rare. Yeah, but that was a great example. And those Purdue teams with those, there was three of them: Etwan Moore, Robbie Hummel, Juwan Johnson. Was was that go. the three? Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it always felt like those teams. Those are great basketball teams, man. <laughs> I, I'm aware. Yes, they were very good, and they had some uh, some injury drawbacks. But if not, those were teams that people thought would actually go to the. Listen, Purdue fans. I don't mean to, you know bring up an old wound here, but Purdue has had plenty of instances where it's had teams clearly capable and built the roster built to make a final four. It just hasn't happened. Okay, just like Coco golf. Uh, exactly. Although no, that was Arizona. You're mixing your metaphors now. I know, but Purdue was Coco golf before what, Arizona was. Coco. What Australian open participant is the Purdue of, of men's or women's tennis right now? Probably. Uh, 
Oh, who's my little who's my little girl who had to take she had just had a baby. I don't know, man. She I think she wanted I, well I, I, <laughs> I know you're not talking about Serena Williams. <laughs> no, 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 no. Serena Williams is the well, what is Serena Williams of college basketball? Uh, UCLA under Wooden? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Uh, okay, Ellie, you know what? Let's just, let's just move on. Two more. Naomi two more. Osaka. Oh, Naomi Osaka. Did she have a baby? Well, she should if she. Okay, I, don't, I think she I just like stepped away from the game. I don't know. Okay, I think she would have a baby. She might have a baby. If not, right. You know what? You know what? Her body, her choice. I'm going to leave it up to her. That's correct. I'm okay. going to leave it up to Naomi whether she has a baby or not. I don't feel like it's any of my business. Uh, you're you're back on the right track there. Okay. Two mid-major results that we got to get to. And I saw the chat buzzing about this. Don't worry. Your boys got you here. First, Vermont won over UMass Lowell. Moment of silence for UMass Lowell taking his first America East loss, please. Riverhawks, Mississippi Riverhawks. I was looking for a moment of silence there. You kind of jumped in a little early, but it's all know, good. Becky, it's hard to stay silent when I'm mourning. Sometimes <laughs> when I'm mourning, I like to mumble things. Okay. I've never been good at moment of silence. The whole moment of silence. I've never been good at it. I've never been that great at a moment of silence. I like to mumble when I'm mourning. 72-65 Vermont wins an overtime Thursday at home to improve to 15-5 and be undefeated in the American East. Shouts to Nectars, shouts to Church Street, and then Denver Denver beat South Dakota on Thursday in what actually might be... Now, can I confess that I didn't see this game? Of course I can. However, this might now be the game of the season. 111-110, double overtime. Tommy Bruner is the nation's leading scorer at more than 26 points a game he had 49 in this game. Single season high for all of men's D1 this season, of course. Nada has the video queued up. I hope this isn't too, too loud because it was. I'll tell you what. I gave him the video and it was loud on Twitter. Nada had go, pl go and play this thing. Let's watch how this one ended. Seen. South Dakota takes it out right now. Denver's just got to hope to come up with a steal. Tommy Bruner. Hey, Tommy does it. Tommy gets it to Tyson Garth. Looking across the floor. Save for the win. <laughs> Come on, man. That is the absolute best of college troops. So Bruner gets the steal, gets the steal, a la Havlicek stole the ball and helps assist, uh, set up the assist for the, uh, for the winner via CBS Research GP. He had 49 points. He has steal facilitated the buzzer-beating shot for the win. He joined Jimmer Fredette and Trey Young as the only players with at least 48 points and eight assists in a D1's men's game over the last 15 years. And it was the first time uh, there was a D1 game with multiple 40-point scores since 2020. Uh, in this game, South Dakota's Caleb Stewart had 44 in the loss. I'm going to drop a Jared Burson special for you as well. Um, it was... Uh, that was the, the... So, by nature of Stewart going for 44 and Bruner going for 49, you had two players in the same game setting the in-season high watermark for most points scored by a player. Um, pretty incredible stuff there. Uh, Burson said it was the first time a D1 game had a team score, each team score at least 110 points with someone else scoring 44 since December 3rd, 1990. Yep. 19. Yeah, I know you knew that. I know yeah. you knew that. Um, awesome, awesome stuff, man. That scene out there was incredible. This might be our first 
Denver mention on the pod ever. Maybe, maybe it's squeezed in there somewhere else, but uh, UD trivia time. What's okay. their, what's their nickname? The Broncos. Man. Where is it? No. One more guess. Nuggets. Your friends. I'm going to name drop on your behalf. You're friends with Adrian Wojnarowski. Are you not? Oh, yeah. Bingo's there. How disappointed would he be to learn that the place where his son goes to college, you can't even name the nickname. Yeah, I can. They're the Rockies. Pioneers, my friend. The Pioneers. I knew Denver would be okay once they got rid of Russell Wilson. I knew this is what would happen. I don't believe Denver has ever made the NCAA tournament. Well, <laughs> well who cares what you believe? I, I, I'm saying I'm highly confident that's the case. They've never gotten there. 13 and 8, 4 and 2 in the summit. 111, 110 over South Dakota on Thursday night. Maybe the game of the year. Let's pick the weekend. Oh, it's time for the final four and one presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We'll do that next. But first, one more word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The final four and one is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more updated records. Dead leg. Why don't you tell the folks? I'm 31, 24, and one. Yeah. After going two and three last week. You went four and one last week. You are now 31, 24, and one. So I am now. Side mounted. I have an insurmountable lead. Side mount situation. You've been there. We've been there many times, you and me, side mounting each other. And we are side mounted once again. By the way, not a checked in. Naomi Osaka did have a child. So congratulations. That is always. Congratulations to her. Game one. Game one, Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Number seven, Kansas at number 23, Iowa State. Inside Tyrese Halliburton Coliseum. You can watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. Network of stars. Tyrese Halliburton, congratulations. You got a little love in the court report, and look what happens. You make an all-star team as a starter. Good on you. Did you see the story that happened earlier this week when Iowa State beat Kansas State? Iowa State beat Kansas State. I'm aware that was Hilton Magic. Well, it might have been more than Hilton Magic. Does College Hoops have its own mini Connor Stallion saga right now? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. In the handshake line afterward, Jerome Tang and TJ Otzelberger... Two great guys to talk with and two guys who you think would get along swimmingly. And perhaps they still do, but they had a they had an elongated exchange. And I'm sure the K-State fans and Iowa State fans listening are well aware of this. But if you missed it, they started pointing over toward K-State's bench multiple times as, as if they were having an informative conversation. Well, Kellis Robinette, who's done a great job for a long time covering K 
Kansas State Hoops had a report that came out on Thursday um, that said, quote, Tang and some of his assistant coaches were focused on the crowd for a different reason because they were getting heckled. Turns out they were concerned that Iowa State had placed managers and or other team representatives in spots behind the visiting bench where they could view and possibly even record the Wildcats as they huddled up during timeouts, according to sources. The sources said K-State's coaches were worried about those observers quickly passing information to the Iowa State bench via text messages. That would explain why Tang immediately walked to midcourt to inform Iowa State coach TJ Otzelberger of what he spotted in the crowd with seven minutes, 51 seconds remaining in the second half. Later, they had an interesting follow-up conversation during the post-game handshake line. Both coaches got asked about this in the post-game, and they were not going to give it up. Tang said, quote, nothing happened. We talked about a situation that took place during the game, and he said he would check into it. Then I told him thank you and went on. I love TJ. He does a great job. TJ Osterberger said, there's a point in time where things are said between coaches that needs to stay that way, so that's where we're going to keep it. Whoo, buddy! That's actually... Yeah, like, I didn't... This is between... Between travel and the Australian Open, this was off my radar a little bit. Um, I, I I saw you reference it, but I didn't I didn't get into the d- details. Uh, I don't know, obviously, but wouldn't you have to be crazy to try to pull something like this right now? Uh, yeah. uh, do we do we think this actually happened? No, but the fact that I don't know, there's there's enough heightened awareness to jump the sport from football to basketball. The idea that you could do it doesn't work the same way, obviously, in hoops as it does in football. Um, any given play, by the way, in basketball, obviously can break down. It can be more one-on-one improvisational. Um, not to say that, you know, getting scouting advantages would not benefit teams. It certainly could. I just thought this was a little bit of drama here, a little bit of a wrinkle. And uh, that was, an inc- as, as it always is, but, you know, having dialed into that one from well, start to finish, that was also another incredible environment earlier this week. Well, the thing about basketball is often the other team does know exactly what you're running. Yes. I mean, they, they call it out and then you call it out. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you like, just got to stop the guy. Like, you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's less of a thing in basketball than football. But I don't know. Interesting story. And those are two guys. Again, you know, they've known each other forever. I always like it. I don't know if like it. I'm just always aware. Like, these are two guys who were Big Twelve assistants at the same time for a while, yeah. right? So they and now they're Big Twelve head coaches. So they've come up. They, you know, they've lived in each other's worlds for a long time. I'll let them sort that out. I, I again, I don't have any idea. It just seems to me you'd ha- like even if I were a coach who liked to bend slash break the rules. If somebody came to me at this point after the Harbaugh stuff and was like, "Hey, you know, if we put some managers here, we could," I'd be like, "We're not. We can't. Like now is not the time. <laughs> Now's not the time." I, I, I would have. I would say now's not the time, but who knows? Yeah, I, yeah, I, exactly. As for the game, uh, intriguing story there, nonetheless. Uh, Kansas Kip-Bob has an Iowa State minus four. This is uh, this is the best matchup of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, obviously, it's on CBS, uh, and you want to be dialed in on Saturday, early Saturday morning. Kansas only got two points in its home win off two points off the bench, <laughs> not just two points. They did not that win two nothing. That would have uh, that'd be a throwback to the the, the days of two year old Tony Hinkle winning two nothing. Um, only two points. Who do you off think the Kansas bench. is Pacific? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 not underestimate. I guess KU only getting two points off the bench late from El Marco Jackson home win over Cincinnati. That that popped out to me. Uh, this is at Iowa State. I'm gonna go. See, I looked at the five week games we got here, GP. And I'm worried that we might go same pick on every single one. 
So this is the one where I thought, you know what? Maybe because it's four points, maybe we'll it'll be different. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cyclones here. Get a couple managers behind that KU bench, see what they can make. A little 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 Hilton Magic, little Hilton Recon, little Hilton Subterfuge. Why not? Give me Iowa State minus four. And then Kansas can come out and accuse Iowa State of cheating. Yes. Would that be great? It would be quite, quite the. Bill Selvin at the press conference, like I just don't, you know, how are we supposed to operate if it's not a level playing field? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I want. Bill Self with his big chain. Remember that chain he had in that yeah. promo video? I, do. I want Bill yeah. Self in the post game press conference, Hilton at Hilton Coliseum with his big chain wow. on, talking about when is Kansas basketball ever going to be able to compete on a level playing field? <laughs> Oh my goodness, that would be amazing! I will take this because of this. I will take Cyclones minus four. Iowa State's twelve and zero at home. Wins over Houston, Kansas State, Kansas only one and two in its past three road games. So, um, needless to say, I'm taking the Jayhawks plus the four. Game two Saturday, five thirty p.m. Eastern. Number nine Arizona at Oregon inside Dylan Brooks Arena. You can watch it on Fox. Ken Palm has it Arizona minus seven. Oh, see, this was this was exactly what I was just talking about here. I was like, Arizona minus seven. Will GP have the stones to take Zona on the road to cover that? I don't think you will, and I know that I won't. Oregon right now uh, is fourteen and five, six and two in the league. It just beat Arizona State easily on Thursday uh, by nineteen points. It did drop road games last weekend, but it's it's at home. I saw a good stat. This might, I think this might have been Evan Miyakawa that sent this out. I believe it was. Uh, so hopefully I'm crediting properly. Oregon leads the country this season with the most players that have led the team in scoring on a game by game basis. Ten guys have led Oregon in scoring in a game this season. That's honestly impressive. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing. I will take Oregon. I'd like to have one guy lead me in scoring every game, and that guy to be Zach Eady. There you go. Well, of course, I think I think most people would say that as well. However, Kentucky's kind of got that kind of situation, kind of sorta, and uh, it's it's somewhat working out for them. I will take Oregon at home. If, if Oregon is getting seven on its home floor in the woods, give me Oregon plus seven. Especially okay, after I'll, Arizona. I'll, after what we just saw, Arizona got Beaver fevered. I got to go Oregon plus seven. Yeah, but college basketball is where the unexpected becomes the ordinary. So it goes. So it's so. you're failing to recognize that this is where the unexpected becomes the ordinary. Of course, Arizona, after losing at Beaver Fever, is going to go to Oregon and win. I'll take Arizona minus the seven. Oregon's alone atop the Pac-12 standings. Arizona coming off a loss to Oregon State. So yeah, you got to lay seven with the Wildcats on the road. That makes perfect sense. Game three, Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Number 18. Uh... <laughs> you got it? Well, I think I do. Number 18, Utah State. Is that it? Yeah, but <laughs> our graphic said something else, so I was double-checking no, I, I, myself. Okay. Number 18, Utah State at Boise State inside Derek Austin Arena. Remember Derek Austin? Uh, I, vaguely. Oh, man. I couldn't wait to get him into the NBA. Derek Austin. Here we go. What do you think he's up to these days? Something called Derek Austin Music pops up. Okay, we got another no context oh, here. No idea man. who this dude is. He, he, plays, he plays drums for Jelly Roll. Does he really? Derek Austin. Are you, are you, are you, 
Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. The former Boise State basketball player no, plays drums for Jelly Roll. I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you happen to like look up Derek Austin and then your Google search did to you what it just did to me and brought up a musician. For all I know, this dude does play drums for Jelly Roll. I don't no, think so, though. No, I'm just making things up. 37,000 followers on on Instagram, Derek Austin. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 tell me what you got for Derek. There's also a Derek Austin who's an author. Who's Derek Austin? I thought he played at Boise State. Am I, did I invent him? <laughs> did you Mandela affect yourself on a Boise State player? Maybe he did. I'm not saying he didn't. There's many different ways to spell Derek Austin. Well, I'm going to do this right here. Well, make sure it's Austin, not Austin, Texas. Okay. All, Derek Austin. A-L-S-T-O-N. I'm here in Austin. Well, that's the Mississippi coming out. Yeah, yeah that's the. Uh, I've been. You, you might have a. You might have a hard time understanding me. I've been watching the Australian Open. Native tongue got me. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm starting to talk like. Now I'm starting to talk like Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, let's uh, let's hear that Australian accent while we're at it. What if what if because I stay up till five o'clock in the morning watching the Australian Open, I started talking like Crocodile Dundee? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Should you do yeah. the rest of the final four and one with an Australian accent? Game three, mate. Saturday, 4 uh, p.m. Eastern. At Boise State, mate. And uh, Broncos favored by one. Who you got? I might just do this, even though I asked <laughs> you to. I just think home court advantage is such a big deal in the Mountain West. Now, now we're talking. Let's, let's literally do this right now. I just really like home court advantage in the Mountain West. I think I don't think I'm doing it right. To, uh, England with that one, but you know what? We just ride. I think the I belong in the crown. I think I'm you in the crown. The, you might be on the wrong side of the wrong ocean, my bud. <laughs> oh no, mate! <laughs> Whatever. Eating there every other every other sentence, trying to make it uh, more legitimate, are you? I'm taking the Broncos. I have Broncos shorts. I don't know how I could bet against them. I'm also going to take the Broncos, bud. Give me the Broncos to cover minus one. What's game four? Game four is Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Number 16, Dayton at Richmond inside the Jacob Gilliard Center. You can watch that one. CBS Sports Network. It's the network of stars. Dayton minus three. It's a huge game. (laughs) Dayton, 6-0 in the A-10. Richmond. Richmond, 14-5 and five overall, also 6-0 and oh in the Big Ten. I mean, the A-10. Right. <laughs> you don't Australia. know what conferences know you're talking about, mate. Work. The unions, are they conferences, are they leagues? How does it work? Listen, the Flyers, they're tremendous. They got a guy. These Flyers, they got a guy named Holmes. Duran. Duran. Just a fantastic, fantastic player. Would love to see him come play down under in a couple of years. If he's not in the pros. I'll go with Dayton. Give me the Flyers. They got a dude named Kobe Elvis. Are you kidding me with this? Kobe Elvis? Give me the Flyers. Hey, didn't did, did, my, did my buddy who made the Elvis movie, wasn't he from down under? Ah, uh, yes. One of our best. And now Dayton's got Kobe Elvis. You connecting these dots? All connected. I'm going to take Dayton minus three. We agree. Can I extend this ridiculous bit out to the end of the show? I can and I will. Saturday. You guys going to Providence. 
Georgetown at Providence, 1230 Eastern on Fox. I'll be there. I won't be speaking with this accent. Ed Cooley returning to the dunk. They're not fond of the man. I hope they treat him kindly. I hope they treat him nicely. We better not have an incident. But it will be a highly, highly hostile environment for Ed Cooley to return to. Of course, the classic Friars coach who guided them to so many high points over the years. Turning his back. But remaining, what do you call these things? Conferences? Remaining in the conference. Coaching at Georgetown. 12.30 Eastern on Fox. Norlander will be on hand to take in the scenery. Elsewhere on Saturday, Kansas State at number four, Houston, noon Eastern, ESPN. Seton Hall at number 14, Marquette, one Eastern, Fox Sports, one. Number 20, Texas Tech at number 11, Oklahoma, two Eastern. It says here ESPN Plus. I don't know what that means. Another game for you, Texas at BYU, 2 Eastern, ESPN 2. Auburn at Mississippi State, 3.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. TCU at Baylor. <laughs> oh, Baylor. You know the guy at Baylor? The guy at Baylor is doing a great job. 4 Eastern, ESPN 2. Horn Frogs. You know, we got those down under, right? We got those Horn Frogs in Australia. <laughs> Clemson at Duke. Ah, Duke. Four Eastern ESPN. This is a loaded, loaded afternoon, actually, now that I'm looking at it here. And the number six Kentucky at Arkansas. Six Eastern ESPN. Those are your other games to watch. And one! And one. It is a Friday night affair. That's right. We're picking a Friday game with an actual line. A FanDuel line. Make every moment more. Make every moment more. Eight Eastern. Fox Sports 1, Friday night, Michigan State, Tom Izzo, at number 13, Wisconsin, Greg God, yeah, put another shrimp on the Gotti, on a Londo Tucker court, he might have played professionally in Australia, the FanDuel line, Mr. Parrish, Wisconsin, Mm. minus 2.5, who you got? Wisconsin minus 2.5? At the Breslin Center? Michigan State. <laughs> it's at Wisconsin, bud. Alondo Tucker Court. Were you not paying attention? The FanDuel line has Wisconsin as a 2.5 home court favorite. That's too little. That's too little. That's too little. You got you. You got anything else, lad? No, just the line's little. Wisconsin. I'll also take Wisconsin. Give me the badges. Give me the badges. Did we agree on almost every game? I'll disagree on anything you want to right now. You can change mine however you want. I think that's it, bud. I think that might be a podcast. You ever see Norm McDonald talking about the crocodile hunter? <laughs> like like two days after he died. It's on John Stewart. He's like, they said, man, isn't it so sad that the crocodile hunter died at the age of 44? It's like, that's a pretty good life for a crocodile hunter. <laughs> I mean, how many crocodile hunters make it to 44? 
terrifying you know? animals. Terrifying. I saw one take a grandma into a lake the other day on TMZ. Grandma was just trying to walk her dog. Next thing you know, next thing you know, we got funeral arrangements. It's wild out there on TMZ, buddy. They'll show you some stuff. Indeed. They'll show you some stuff. Is that a show? It's a podcast. I think it is. I think we're done. When are we going to be with the people again? I don't think we know yet. We don't know. Yeah. But it will not be during the American football on Sunday. We can guarantee you that. Your next podcast will be coming absolutely, absolutely prior to those games kicking off. It will be in your phone long before. What is it? Who is it? It's it's on America's most watched network. Network of stars. Chiefs of Kansas City playing against those blackbirds of Baltimore. Three Eastern <laughs> Sunday. This podcast will be ready for you long before they kick off the pigskin in Baltimore. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Huck, Larnell, Derek Austin, Crocodile Hunter, and Crocodile Dundee. Hey. And Colin Farrell. I love Team Impala. And I know Colin Farrell's not from Australia, but he has an accent, and that's good enough. That's good enough for me. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments. Naomi Osaka. One of us. One of us. I knew it. I always suspected. I always suspected. Make sure you more of us than there are of them in the comments. And we'll talk to you again real soon, but we don't know when. Till then, take care. Good day. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.